Isn't it amazing how you talk all this shit and we still lack communication? How beautiful our kids would be, girl, I don't need convincing. How every conversation starts with this time will be different now. All the ideas from All the ideas from All the idea is so fun every time. At least we try for home run every time. Swing it. This is episode four of No Snare in My Headphones. My guest on this episode will be Kaz Popey, a rapper, comedian, multi-instrumentalist, and friend of mine. But before we talk to him, recently I've been listening to... Drake, I mean, not that I'm ever not listening to Drake, but nothing was the same as most recent album that came out last year. It's grown on me a fair amount, particularly the song Connect. I like the baseball metaphors. I like the way it's about women. I like his voice. I like the sparse drums. It's very Canadian. It's very Drake. I enjoy it a lot, and that's what you just heard. Without talking about Drake any longer, now I'm going to talk to my friend, Kaz Povey. Cos Povey, how are you? I'm good. You can keep talking about Drake if you want. Well, no, I mean, keep I, talking about Drake. Well, I know you're not a big, huge Drake guy. I'm a big, huge Drake guy, and I think that this is going to be kind of at like the core of this discussion we have. Is like a Drake. lot of rappers. Well, not not just Drake, but there's a lot of rappers that I like that you are not as high on as me. That's Drake true. being one of them. So, what about Drake? Are you not high on? I don't know. I mean, he, uh, it's, I think Drake has, he's, there's, there's a place for him. I can see why he's important, why people listen to Drake, but I don't know. I can't really get into it. It's just, it's the whole, it's the emo rap thing. Okay. It's emo rap. Well, I feel like it kind of blew up with, uh, with that Kanye dark twisted fantasy album where it's like, oh, here's a very kind of self-pitying. It wasn't bad. It's not a bad album, but it was kind of like, I, I could tell that there was a change, that there's going to be a lot more rappers doing this, and I feel like Drake is kind of following that, that way. Yeah, I mean, Drake himself has even kind of said that his sound is not not modified off of, like, half Lil Wayne, half 808s and Heartbreaks Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it has the real, I always call it, I call it the igloo sound. Because it's like it's icy and it's cold, but there's like a certain warmth to it. Yeah, I can see that. That's Igloo. like that's the igloo. It's the igloo, igloo like, sound. It's and an so, igloo. like when me and Bo make music, I'm always like, Bo, I need more igloo, and he's like, I don't know what that means. More igloo. And I tell him the igloo. Well, that's right, how it just like be, igloo. So you want it to be colder, colder, but colder. like yeah, colder, but also colder like sound. interesting. You know, like igloos are interesting. How can you see igloos? Yeah, I guess, but that's you I hear it. I don't, it know, I, I don't it. know if the Drake album's that interesting though. That's why I couldn't get into it. Well, I tried listening to that that last Drake album. Nothing like, was the same, and I had trouble getting through entire tracks. Like okay. I'd get about halfway through and be like, "All right, I get it." Did you, you listen to the song "Worst Behavior"? I probably did. I that's the song where in the third verse he does the uh, "Mo Money Mo Problems" flow. I, I don't remember that. You, you might not. Have heard I didn't that. notice it. Maybe I didn't. Yeah. Well, see, it's 
I think with Drake, and this is I, I ride for him really hard because I feel like people that don't like him, like it's, it is easy to dismiss him, and that's fair. Like I dismiss a lot of music I don't like, and I'm not you know saying that it's wrong to even do so. But like he's really good. Like he rhymes a lot. He he says you know sad things. But I, mean, I guess if, it is it is self pitying, and I think kind of in its core, a lot of music is. Yeah. Like, the Beatles have so many songs that are about, you know, like, what did I do wrong? I'm writing this sad song. But they would, I mean, they would... Why can't we get They along? would package it in, like, with an upbeat thing. They would well, yeah, start it's... with the, you know, the sentiments of, like, this is a sad song, but then it's like, how do we make the guitar engaging? How do we keep it upbeat? How do we keep it so that people will enjoy it? Whereas, like, Drake, I got tired of these songs that are just, like... They're so long, and then there's like just a lonely piano for two minutes, and then it's just him saying like, "Girl, it's gonna call you, but <sighs> whatever." And it's like, dude, I don't give a shit. Like seriously, <laughs> just give us a song that's like interesting. Well, I think that's what it. that's what that's what started from the bottom was, and my actually I don't really like started from the bottom, which is interesting when when a rapper or an artist you like when they're like biggest song. Is it's so far removed from what you like about the artist? Like, I think we'll start from the bottom. Is people know Drake was on a Canadian soap opera show. They know he's on Lil Wayne's label. They know he's famous and that he's, you know, the bottom. Like, he didn't really start from that. And so I feel like I, the reason I don't like it is it, it gave people a lot more to not like about him. Yeah, because then people could be like, he's not from the bottom. Yeah, like, oh, start from the bottom. Started from, like, the upper middle part. And he then and Jenny from the block. Yeah. You you didn't marry Mark Anthony or Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, if you know, this is something I've noticed about rap. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm sure Drake will come back up in this. You notice that the, the days of, like, a rap song where it's, like, the three verses by... The rapper, and then the three, the chorus that's done by like Ashanti or J Lo, like the girl, the impassioned yeah. female singer. Like that's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, it still happens. Like, there's still Rihanna still sing. You know, yeah, but I mean, Rihanna, half of the stuff she does is singing choruses on other people's songs. But I mean, at this, but I think Rihanna's so big that if she's on a song, it's pretty much a Rihanna song at this point. <laughs> I guess. Which, I mean, I don't know what that says about pop music or rap music or Rihanna, because she's, like, she's not a good singer. Like, her yeah, voice... She's not, she's not great. Her voice sounds, and this is something a friend of mine said one time, he said she's really, like, tin, a tinny voice. Like, it sounds, like, the, then as soon as he said it, I was thinking, like, you know those holiday popcorn things? There's the three different kinds of popcorn That's right, in it. Yeah, there's caramel and there's, there's caramel, the, there's like cheese. Sometimes there's yeah, the and then there's regular. And then, but let's say you emptied that out, and then kind of like sang into that, like that's that the, tinny kind that's of sound. The like, Rihanna sound. Yeah, that's what Rihanna's sound. That's She's what her voice singing sounds like from a popcorn tin. Yeah, there's there's no there's no kernel in there. Like it doesn't, you know, there's not there's not it, it doesn't it doesn't come from anything. And I wonder if it's just kind of the. The way that music has changed, like, like Adele. If this was ten years ago, I bet you Adele would be on so many rap songs. Yeah, well, I don't know. Adele's not in that community, though. Yeah. Like Adele's doesn't like Rihanna has the Jay Z connection, so yeah, it's like every guy's like, "Yo, girl, jump on this cut." It's like Adele. I don't know who she's. I don't know how she Dizzy can Rascal. network into. Dizzy Rascal. She can yeah, Dizzy I, Rascal. and even Dizzy, like he's not gonna get Adele. No. Well. 
Well, then, then who who's like the the American Adele equivalent then? The American Adele. Not that they're you know there's only one Adele, but like who's that you know the the big. Well, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, uh, the girl with the nose. The girl with the nose. Sarah Bareilles. Oh, Sarah Bareilles. Bareilles. She's she's on Adam Carolla's podcast. I feel like she's kind of an American Adele. I I could. She could. So she sings really well. She plays the piano. She wasn't. She didn't rise to fame particularly because of her looks. Okay. Not to be mean, but yeah, you know what I'm. Yeah, she doesn't look like Rihanna. Um, Exactly. She could be on a rap song. Like, why isn't? Why aren't people saying? Sarah Bareilles, Adele, like be on my song, like you know you can, you can be on this song, like it's, it's not going to change anything if you're not like a, a hip hop person, like I don't know, you can Maybe sing they're... on this chorus. I think yeah, well they're just they're not in that that circle, like Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> I guess she just she doesn't roll with you know Drake and. Well, Lil Wayne and stuff, but maybe you know, maybe they, maybe they're not big fans of hip hop. I could see about, Sarah Barilla, I could see Sarah Barilla's being like, you know, she's not a big fan of Two Chains. Yeah, like but I mean, you know, there's there's more to rap than Two Chains. Like she could, <laughs> but which uh, that's the first time that sentence has been said. Um, what about like from you know, as much as I love Drake, if Juicy J <laughs> approached Sarah Barilla's. I bet about, you she'd do it. I bet you she'd say yes to Juicy I don't J. Know. I, Juicy she J probably so would, in. but I could I could see her turning it down. Like I could I could see Sarah Burrell's being like, you know what, Juicy, um, no, no I mean, I'll pass on. That's I think I I don't know if these I don't know if people have that much integrity because like people don't make nearly as much as much money in music anymore. Like Juicy J asked you to be on a song. Yeah, you know the number one song in the country is right now. I, I it's Juicy J and J. Katy Perry. All right, they have a song that's the number one song in the country. So based off Juicy J, like that reason alone, I think people would say yes to Juicy J. Yeah, and I mean, like he's he's an Academy Award winner. <laughs> he has the number one song in America, and he's an Academy Award winner. Like it would it, it would be a bad idea to say no to Juicy J. I think. But what about like alternative rap, like the guys from like Das Racist or like kind of more underground stuff, or like I mean Kendrick Lamar, I bet could. I trust Kendrick Lamar could do a song with Sarah Bareilles. Like, I bet you if they put their heads together, they could come up with something. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they could do something. Well, like, Lady Gaga was going to be on the Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. She was originally going to sing the Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe part of Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, but it's interesting because then you hear but it. Even, like, see Lady Gaga, that's, she's still kind of, I could see, like, she's closer she, yeah. to doing that than, she's, like, She's got, like, a clubby kind of feel. There's, you know, there's, like, the white girl scene of, like, Sarah Bareilles, they, you know, they, well, yeah, they're, they're like, suburban. They're, they're, they're yeah, not, yeah, <laughs> they're one of those, can you, when you picture Sarah Bareilles, she's sitting at a piano. Yeah. Like, you're not a, you're not, you don't see her standing up, like, moving and swaying in a microphone. You see her at a piano. Yeah, but I mean, I think that I bet I bet if she and Kendrick Lamar try to do something, I bet you would be interesting. I mean, there's a chance it might not be, but I think that if I think that should be the next step of like women choruses coming back, I think would be that women it, choruses. Well, you know who's still doing women choruses is Eminem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to Eminem's latest album. I did listen to Eminem's latest album. What did you think about it? I think, um... Because... Well, there was two... For one, you you really... 
you can't deny that em- that Eminem's a good rapper. Like the he's guy is he's really good. He's really good at rapping. But that that album had some of the worst choruses I've heard in like a decade. Like the chorus every song had a god awful chorus. And it's just like And it's woman choruses. He's getting there's it's either a woman or it's him like attempting to sing, which is just Which sad. is weird because on Haley's song on the Eminem show he's even like I feel like singing. I can't fucking sing. And then he sings, and it's like but super auto tune. It's and stuff. just like, why would you? I don't know. I just got the sense that it's it's just one of those cases where he he he's technically good, but he doesn't necessarily have taste well, to back it up. I mean, I think that Marshall Mathers LP two, which one having a sequel to that album is so dumb. I don't think there should be sequels in music like that to begin with. Yeah, but that album was so bad. And for me, like I grew up, Eminem was like the dude. I remember, I remember like when Eminem show came out, and then Eight Mile came out, and then the Eight Mile soundtrack, and like that was all in like one year. And how much I loved that guy. And then if someone had said to that that fourteen year old me that in ten years you'll think he's whack and like <laughs> not worth listening to, I wouldn't believe you at all. But like that's the point he's at now. Like he's unlistenable. He's whack. Yeah. Like, Marshall Mathers LP2 has bad choruses, and I don't like any of the beats on it. Like, those beats, no yeah. one likes those beats. Beats just aren't good. I mean, I admired that Berserk thing, like the Beastie Boys style throwback thing that he did with Rick Rubin. But he still has this weird, like, yelling, shrieking voice, which I don't know if you picked up on that listening to the album. Like, if you listen to yeah. it closely Well, he enough. just, he sounds pissed for the whole thing just every song he's just and it's like so man, you don't have anything to prove anymore you don't have to you know you don't have to yeah. have that amount of fire in it's you. kind of sad like even listening to it like at this point however many years later he's his his pissed offness kind of comes across as like he's just getting bitter that that I don't know people are losing interest like it, it's almost seems like he's just trying in vain it's like I'm so mad listen to me and it's like dude chill out yeah he's, he's you've dangerously, been successful like he's dangerously close to get off my lawn territory yeah it's like which I is, don't know I don't know why he's that mad still he's the kind of part like Eminem that I grew up listening to like that you know early late 90s early 2000s Eminem that we all love would hate 2014 Eminem <laughs> Be like, yo, who is this old dork? Like, I'm going to take my butt out in a music video and make fun of him with my butt. Like, that's what he would do. And it's so sad because, like, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how big of an Eminem fan you were. I mean, I'm imagining. I wasn't a huge Eminem fan. Really? A white guy that raps was not a huge Eminem fan? No, I was, that's, that's what set me apart, I think. Okay, you was Because I didn't, because, yeah, like, everybody else kind of just fell in line. Like, Eminem is, like, my new idol. And I was like, no, this guy... What bugged me about Eminem was that, like, that first, his first big single, whatever the... Hi. Yeah, the My Name is, was like, okay, this guy's cool, like, you know, Dr. Dre's backing him up. He's got a sense of humor, it seems. But then you'd see him in interviews, and he had no sense of humor. Like, you would see him talking, and it was just like, yo, I'm just gonna, like, I'm just glad that, you know, just for my mama, I'm just glad that I'm getting recognized by... It's like, dude, what... Like, where's your wit? Where's the? Where's your subversive quality? It's like, no, suddenly he's just kind of a jerk. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... There's an interview with him on Howard Stern, 
from 99 or something, or maybe it was 2000, but it's before he gets to be the big level famous that he is. That's super interesting to watch because, like, it's rare to see someone in the moment before they become what they end up being. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see him in this and he's, like, he's, I think he's on drugs because he's, like, a little, a little frantic in it. But so Howard Stern's like, come on, you know, why are you talking like that? What's What kind of voice is that? And Eminem's like, come on, man, this is the way that I talk, you know? Like, I'm Detroit, this is how I talk. And then 10 years later, you listen to him talk, and he's, he's not that, like, punky whippersnapper. He's, like, yeah. he's peddling Nike shoes and <laughs> Call of Duty and stuff. Like, that's so weird that the guy that that guy has made Call of Duty. But I think it's interesting. I think I think an interesting thing to talk about that you were not an Eminem guy. Do you think that's because you'd already been listening to a lot of hip hop by the time he started to kind of pop? Um, I think so. I think it was because he's still like he came out of you know when when MTV was taking a nosedive into just like <laughs> flaming garbage. He kind of arose out of that. Where it's, it's it was hard to really take any of that stuff seriously. It's like even when the guy comes out making fun of all these other videos, he was still a part of it. And like I wasn't like even though I could respect like okay, this guy's got a sense of humor. He seems pretty good. I just wasn't a big fan of it because I mean, yeah, it's just like I don't really. So yeah, you're taking jabs at the Backstreet Boys, whatever. That's <laughs> go ahead. And yeah, and I'd already heard you know. Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul and I was like eh well for me it was really interesting listening to Eminem because I hadn't really you know like I had heard of Jay-Z I had heard a Jay-Z song or two and stuff like that but I never really was like big into hip hop and, and Eminem was kind of like my my cleaning don't, coffee that's, yeah that's don't, don't tell Rob, he, he won't sp- listen to this. spilled some coffee on his uh, perfect table. That's well, but so I mean, like he kind of would have happened even if, even if uh, with the coaster. Yeah, so not... the coaster really could not stop that from happening. No, coasters don't really stop anything. I don't think beautiful but, coasters here. Yeah, and some of the finest coasters. Some of the, the finest coasters. It's a bobcat. What do I have? I have a and look at that. That's I have a bear. I think that's a bear. Right? That's a bear. That's a, that's a bear. Yeah, I have a bear. This bobcat. I think you have a bobcat. Yeah, the tails. A mountain like a bobcat. A mountain lion. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, there's mountain lions. Why aren't there mountain tigers? That's a good question. Or like mountain coyotes or no coyotes are dogs. As, as opposed to well, yeah, like suburban mountain lion, coyotes. What are, what are other what are other cat cat big cats? Mountain lion, mountain uh, tiger, mountain panther, mountain panther. There's no mountain panther. I could imagine some like real lame college being like, "We're the Mountain Panthers." Mountain Panthers. That, I could see that sounds like an old. We're the Montana old, Tech Mountain Panthers. Like an old timey term. It's like before mountain they called them mountain lions, you know, in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, like, mountain Panther. I thought you were going to say that sounds like a racial slur. No, because <laughs> it totally does. It totally does. Yeah. Like mountain. I think anytime you have a location before something, or like a specific thing before. It's very easy to make it seem like a racial slur. Mountain. There's mountain cougars. Or road. Like, you know, like, that road crab. <laughs> or so, I don't know. You have to, like, how, how would that be a racial slur, though? I don't know. I don't even know what if denomination I you, that would be making If I told of. you that r- road crab. Man, there were some road crabs. 
Like my grand, I mean, my grandpa, you know, God rest his soul, hated road crabs. <laughs> like, if I told you that, if I, I was said that, about so. those road crabs taking our jobs. Yeah, well, those road crabs. He he was, but he was actually to. just talking about the crabs that you know cross the road. Yeah. <laughs> like you know how cities that, have the ducks, yeah, the beaches have, they have crabs. migrating crabs that. We got sidetracked from Eminem. Yeah, how did how do we go from Eminem? Well, because we were looking at the coasters, we were looking at the coasters and mountain stuff. I mean, but so I mean, Tribe Called Quest is that your favorite rap group? Um, no, Public Enemy is still my favorite. Public Enemy, P.E. Eminem has a line on one of his songs, and he's like, "I've been talking about P.E. since you thought it was Jim, bitch," and everything like that's so uncool. (laughs) Hey. Man, Eminem, you're like 42, and this, you're saying that? Like, come on, dude. And it's interesting, a friend of mine actually was like, oh, man, that is a dope punchline. Like, no, man, that's not cool. I bet you Chuck D doesn't think that's cool. What do you think Chuck D thinks about Flavor Flav right now? Um, actually, I think I saw an interview with Chuck D talking about Flavor Flav not too long ago. Like, he's still... Because they, he's still like they they went they on still tour, tour. Yeah, and they, they, still, they tour. still like even though, yeah, like what is it, Professor Griff and Flavor Flav just do not get along. Well, Professor Griff still, was going around like what did he say? He said the Jews are wicked. He made yeah he made uh, that comment about the Jews, which he still says it was kind of taken out of context. He says that he didn't mean what he, even though what he said it's kind of, it's yeah. hard to take away context. But then uh, but then yeah like. Uh, Flav was gonna kill him or something. Like Flav showed up at the studio one day with a gun when he was all like drugged out. Was this pre or post and Flavor of Love? This was pre. Well, so I mean, I think, like, what do you think? Like, I can imagine they all probably hate Flavor Flav now. After like <laughs> Flavor of Love, I think yeah, I think they they. Well, I, I know that Chuck D like doesn't hold it against him. So I think Chuck D in the end, it's like he he, he wants it. them on tour because he knows that. Flav can do it. It's like he knows that like if Flav comes and he's sober, they'll do the songs and he'll kill it, and they'll get across what they want to get across. Um, Have you seen but, Public Enemy Live? No, I saw I saw it Rock the Bells, and it was. He'll be wrong. I love Rock the Bells, but since I didn't grow up listening to Public Enemy, it's like it's interesting because I think if if I'd grown up with them and like seen them kind of become like these older guys, it might be. I have a different feeling, but like, you know, like you see the cover of, of Yo Bum Rush the show, and you see them when they're all like out of shape and wearing like <laughs> bad fitting t shirts and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, this, like, you got, this is, this is you guys. <laughs> Even though I saw them 23 years after Yo Bum Rush the show came out. Yeah. But I like, so is that, is that your, is but Yo Bum Rush the show? At least they're still doing it. I yeah, mean, no, I mean, I think that's really cool. Like, because you think about it, you know, and Ch- I like that Chuck D never really fell off. He still, no, I mean, still, he still has integrity. It's like he never, never got to any point where he was going to do a reality show. Was, there was, there was some. What was uh Did you ever hear that album where it was like, "How you sell soul to a soulless soul who sold oh, yeah, its soul"? Yeah. Or whatever that ridiculous album was. Yeah. There was some song on there that I remember hearing and being like, "This is actually really good." And then I remember listening to the album, and overall, I mean. I didn't love it, they, but yeah, it was kind of it, it was kind of inconsistent. Um, but when, when there was focus, uh, harder was... than you think was a great track that I, I liked that they could still make an awesome song like twenty years after. Well, do you think that there's anyone time? like now 
Well, use Drake for example, because Chuck D, uh, he's what mid late forties, probably. Probably. Because you know? I mean, if Yo Bum Rush the Show came out twenty seven years ago, wow, that's insane to think about. Twenty seven years ago, even if he was tw- he'd be forty seven if he was twenty when that came out. Mm-hmm. So, let's say it's Drake's twenty seven now. Do you think that in twenty years Drake will be releasing music? Is there any way? Like I, I'd, I'd say uh, there's no chance. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone would be listening to it, but that's something I've learned about rappers. Though they never stop. Like even if no one is listening to what they're doing, every rapper you can imagine, no matter how long ago, I guarantee you they're still like, oh, I got an album dropping next <laughs> week. <laughs> like, Slick Rick's gonna... I'm pretty sure, yeah. Slick Rick's still like, oh, check out my new grandchildren new song. Story. Even if like no one. Because they still think it's like no, I'm gonna release this next track. Well, you heard gonna, that you heard you turn around a, for me. So when the Brooklyn Nets started there, when they were playing last year, Jay Z, who part owner, would have rappers play at the Barclays Center, and Slick Rick played and got booed off stage. You hear about that? What? Yeah, Slick Rick wow. was playing at Barclays Center and got booed off stage. And then so there were a bunch of people were talking because it was kind of a sports story, but also a music story. So we were saying like you know. What does the world come to that Slick Rick is getting booed off stage? Like, yeah. How detached are people from that kind of stuff? Like, and you know, I'm I'm a little younger than you, and so most of my friends, like, I have friends that are 20 years old that rap, and I'll talk to them about. I'll mention Slick Rick, and they're like, I don't really know much about them. Like, Outcast was like, I think this is as far back as they go. Oh yeah. But I mean, like, Outcast, you know, they don't really know anything about Outcast. Like, they know the singles. But, I mean, like, if I talk about the art of storytelling to these kids, they're like, I don't, I don't know it. I don't, I don't know, know it. it. Like, because at this point... Even, like, Slick Rick, I don't see what would be so offensive about him that, like, what... Like, he's not that dude. It's not like, you know, Merle Haggard's coming out or something. <laughs> I mean, like, what, were this, what was this crowd expecting? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think they that, booed him, like... I think, in general, to boo someone off stage is super uncool to begin with. Yeah, but even if you don't really know who Slick Rick is, which is ridiculous to think that you could go to in the 21st century, not know who Slick Rick is. Yeah, especially like if you're going to be in Brooklyn, like one of the one of the five boroughs, one of the places. Like, there's so many rappers are from there. You know, you're Jay Z. Like Jay Z's got enough business class and tact that he's not going to just have some guy. He's not going to have Merle Haggard go <laughs> go rap. Yeah. You know, See, like, I would understand if it was if it was someone really far removed from whatever these people were expecting. I mean, even like it's never cool to boo somebody off stage. Yeah. But sometimes, like it's understandable. It's like, well, yeah. It's like if you if Britney Spears, you know, went on to open for Black Sabbath, she'd yeah. probably get booed off stage. Well, that'd be okay with. Or like you know, at the uh, the gathering of the Juggalos, people get booed off stage a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, Tequila, Tequila got booed off stage. The same clown posse probably gets booed off stage at their own concerts. Well, there there's an interesting story about them. They they do their thing called the gathering every year. Which if you looked at the lineup they had last year, was actually really good. Like they had a, a good mix of like you know Method Man was there, Ice Cube was there, Danny Brown was there. Like there's popular people, there's underground people. Tons of wrestlers and stuff, and oh, yeah. some comedians. But so now they this year they're having a they're having trouble because juggalos are classified as a gang now. They're having really? trouble. Yeah, <laughs> they're having trouble finding a location to have this next 
their next uh, music festival at. And so, I mean, I guess they kind of deserve it because Man. they're horrible. They're like the Rob M's of rap music. Hey, there's Rob M's. Hey, there's Rob M's. Um, but so, the, you know, the, the Juggalos, you know, I don't know. I kind of, I almost feel bad for them because, you know, think about like these transient vagabond kids <laughs> whose parents hate them. Like all they have in life is the insane clown posse. <laughs> That's all they got. And then all of a sudden now they're called a gang. Like, yeah, it's kind. Of, I think it's that's going a little far to say. Like, yeah, and, and hey, I, mean, I mean, they're not going to stab you. Like they might fart on you and just <laughs> just play terrible music for you. Yeah, that, well, I gonna... know that. I know that at Insane Clown Posse shows, it's like a sign of respect if they throw soda on you or something. Oh yeah, and it's like they Method got Man soda, got hit just... in the head with a can of soda <laughs> when they, when he was playing at the Gathering of the Juggalos. That's kind of funny. And he was like, "This is what." Like this is it's good that I got hit in that can of soda. How the how the fuck does that work? And you just think about like these dudes meeting with the insane clown posse. I'm just always amazed that they'll get people like like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg because I always I always imagine that they just don't even really know what insane clown like they probably hear they, it's they like oh heard of Gathering them. of the Juggalos wants you to come headline it's like okay and they just don't even know what they're getting into and would you like, see if, if i gave you a free ticket to see the insane clown posse tomorrow would you go a free ticket a free ticket if you, i probably would if yeah I, I feel like there's if i didn't I, have anything like if i didn't have to do laundry or something okay yeah <laughs> but if, if you had if to do laundry time, you'd be like all right i'm gonna do yeah. yeah if i have laundry i mean gotta do laundry. or there's like you know there there's if i have, you have to like sew some, like a sew a shawl or you have something. some kale that Probably you should have add. You should eat yesterday. Like, yeah, I'll I, gotta, be, I can't I gotta see cook up ICP. That, that kale. I gotta make kale chips out of this. Yeah. Well, I've heard Insane Clown Posse has a phenomenal live show. So based off of that, <laughs> I would go. <laughs> Who have you heard that from, though? Jessen. Jessen Fox has see. seen the Insane Clown Posse. He's like, you want to make fun as much as you want, but I promise you, they put on like a really good live show. I mean, good. It's okay. I think good is relative, that, though. It's yeah, like, and I think he means like it's synchron. Like there's there's synchronized dance moves. I mean, I heard the Third Reich would put on a really good program at their at their gatherings. When you have Lenny Reifenstahl directing you, it's hard to not look good. Uh, that's a deep <laughs> deep film reference. I was just I don't know. Uh, is that, that Triumph the Will? She's the woman that made Triumph. Oh, okay. It's the one who made Triumph of the Will. Yeah. Um, well, so, like, I think it's also anyone will seem good if you have adoring fans. Like, yeah. you, you've done live shows before. I've done live shows before. You know, there would be, like, some the whack headliner that's going on. And there's the people that love them. And you're like, how on earth do people love this guy? Like, I'm my music is better. It's more catchy. It's smarter. My energy is better. I look cooler. But people love this guy. Yeah. And then you know what happens? That guy gets off stage... And then it's like, I'm the fucking man. Backspace adores me. Like, did you see the 75 people in there? Like, a few of them knew the words to my songs. Like, those people think they're the shit because they have people that like them. And so I think that probably is what makes Insane Clown Posse seem like they're really good live. Yeah. Like, so, if I mean, you, if, everybody at the show is going to say, it's the best show ever, just because, I mean, they... They just think that's the best band ever. Well, yeah, I mean, like, so, for example, I think if they, if the Insane Clown Posse opened for Yo-Yo Ma and did the exact same thing they did when they're the headliner, and 
of you know Jethan was there who said it was a great live show. I bet you he wouldn't think it was a great live show if they were playing f- opening for Yo Yo Ma. Well, because the Yo Yo Ma fans would. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna have their faces painted and have their hatchet man tattoos. Yeah, probably not. Although, well, I don't know. I've never I... been to a Yo Yo Ma concert. They might get kind of. Would you rather go see Yo Yo Ma or Insane Clown Posse? Because I actually think <laughs> I'd go. I'd rather go see the Insane Clown Posse. That's that's a tough one. Because the Insane no. Clown Posse, I'll not see them unless I just go do it. I'd have to just do it. Yeah. Yo-Yo Ma, I feel like I could see at another point. Insane Clown Posse, like, I, if I'm not going to do it in the next day, I'll I'm, probably not do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd go, I'd go see the, the ICP. If it was free and if, uh, if they had drink specials. Okay. Well, you know, the good thing would be, if, uh... I'm assuming they'd play at the Roseland. Because I guess they're big enough to play at the Roseland. Because I've seen them at the Roseland. Not like, I mean, I saw the name on the marquee. I didn't watch them. But the good thing about that would be... You could go to the 21 and up section and not have to deal with, like, the real annoying fans. Like, I bet you the most obnoxious juggalos are the ones that are between, like, 9 and 20. You could go sit with the mature The mature juggalos. The juggalos juggalos with families. Yeah, they wear a tie. They wear, like, a suit and tie to the show. (laughs) Like, underneath... their faces, yeah. Yeah, underneath this, like, it's it's real dirty. Uh, Like, but I think think that'd make it more... more, of a easygoing experience. What's the best live show you've seen? Like rap or and to start with rap. What's the best rap show you've seen? Uh I don't know, I have to think. Like I haven't been to a whole lot of rap shows. They tend um, to be pretty awful. Yeah, um I mean I saw uh I saw Ghostface for that his his that last tour. Oh day. yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that. The, he was the, good. He was it good. was him, uh, and what was it? Adrian Young. It was like yeah. the Twelve Reasons to Die. Thing. Yeah, yeah. The live band. That was that was well, really good. Well, because I saw Ghostface on tour for Fish Scale, and it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. So yeah, there's like yeah, I've six hype men. Yeah, my friend Saber. He was like, he saw. Well, he saw Wu Tang. He went and saw the Wu Tang Clan. He was a huge Wu Tang fan. Said it was one of the worst shows you'd ever seen, just because it's just too many people on stage. It's just yeah. a mutual friend of you and me, and also uh, Freak Throw Guy, Rob M's. Our friend, uh, I don't know, I meant to call you Free Throw Guy. I didn't try and pull a Dan on you right there. Uh, but a mutual friend of me, Rob, and Kaz, Aaron Ross, has also said that Wu Tang Clan is the worst live show he's ever seen. Yeah. I saw Wu-Tang do 36 Chambers at Rock the Bells, and they had ODB's son doing the ODB verses, and it was, like, okay, but it's obvious that Method Man is, like, the guy, like, Method Man's the one that really is doing something. Yeah. I'd want to go, I'd see Method Man live based off of that show. Yeah. But so Ghostface might be... And Ghostface, he's worth seeing. Yeah, I like, Ghostface is so underrated, too. I think Ghostface is a guy. He's a guy that you can make good, like a really good, good argument for him being one of one of, if not the best rapper alive. I think he. Yeah, it. he's 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 in the running. I think. Yeah, he's um, there's. I mean, for me, so if that was the the best rap show, like, see, I because I know the worst rap show. I I'm very aware of the worst rap show I've ever right. seen. What's and the I worst don't rap want to, show? Uh, I don't want to say the name. Because he's he's not like a, a 
a big guy. He's, he's a he was a local guy. He, he we played we played a show with this guy with this guy like a long time ago, and uh, we being you and you and Emerson. Was it was like, Thuggage, yeah. It was okay. the Thuggage show. It was not you, God. It was not you, God. No. Okay. But uh, the dude, and it was really bizarre because it made me wonder, like, if this is if it's normal. What? Sorry, this is like Rob's good old Rob M's. Yeah, good old Rob, Rob M's is distracting us. He must have just watched basketball again. But uh, this dude did his whole show uh in a chair. He sat down for the whole <laughs> show. He did it okay. sitting in a chair. Um, the his backing tracks were just the completed tracks, like with vocals uh, and that's... everything. So he was just kind of rapping over himself, rapping. He had a he had an entourage, like uh, his DJ that would just you know hit play on, on the, the laptop yeah. okay would stand on the stage behind him because he was in a chair <laughs> this this guy standing on the stage behind him and two other guys i think a girl just stood on the stage with their cell phones just like texting <laughs> okay this is going on behind him in the chair at one point okay. he brought up because uh, between songs he would have this great banter between songs where he'd okay. be like hey you know uh this next song uh it's just a, uh, a song uh, that I did. Why don't you play the track? And then he <laughs> go into it. And one song he brought up a dude. He's like, this guy's going to come up and sing the hook. And the guy pulled up a chair next to him, <laughs> sat That's down, incredible. and did not have his own mic. And so the track's playing with all the vocals already in it. And the dude is just kind of lip syncing because he doesn't have his own microphone. Oh, no. And it was really bizarre. Like, one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. And this wasn't a piece of performance art? Like, this was real? No, this guy was dead serious. And he brought, like, a big crowd. He had, like, there was a lot of people there that came to see him who... And I thought, like, in these people's reality, this... This is normal. Like this, this guy's putting on a great show. Like this Jeez. is what they came to see, and they're probably gonna go home and say like that was a killer show. That guy yeah. sat in the chair so badass. I've actually seen a they, show where a guy was sitting in a chair the whole time. That was it. Was uh, have you heard of the group Liars? Yeah, from Australia. They uh, yeah. open. They opened for Radiohead. So I've seen Liars like six times now. But their singer threw out his back. <laughs> Yeah. Angus. Angus. Angus Andrew, who dated Karen O from the Yeah right. who I've also seen live. Threw out his back, and uh, he, he was in a chair. And I was like, all right, I don't mind if he's in a chair. He threw out his back. It's an understandable reason to be in a chair. Like, I don't mind that. That's an okay move. And so, but it sounds like this guy was definitely not... Uh, it's funny that you bring up liars, because uh, that was probably the other, one of the best performances i've ever seen it's the first time i saw liars and it was like i think it was their first tour like their first uh, u.s tour okay and they what were year was this? touring it was uh probably 2002 2002 okay it was yeah and they were with yeah yeah yes who would also like they i think they put out, put out an out, ep yeah. like they hadn't even put out their album oh but yeah the I first time i saw liars Star. they they put on a phenomenal show yeah because they were so i mean the dude Angus is just an intimidating guy. Oh, he's, he's just tall. Big, he's, he'll lanky. just stare through your soul, and and yeah, like they put on such a racket and just a just dissonant noise. But it was all very on point. Like they knew exactly the beats to hit and what they were doing. Yeah, I I've seen them. There's not many bands that like I I just, I saw Radiohead four times, and I made sure that we got there 
at the time it said on the tickets because like I'll I'll see liars do the same thirty minute set four <laughs> times like they're really good I don't mind seeing it they were yeah actually the the I saw them again a few years later and it wasn't as good it was still entertaining but it was weird because uh, you could tell the lead guy wasn't exactly on the same page as the rest of the band and okay. like uh, after in fact after one like really long song I think the the other guitar player was like. I'm not sure what we were doing there. I'm not really sure what song we were playing for a while. Sometimes I actually kind of I, I sometimes kind of like when when a band messes up. You know, like I like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know when I cuz when I've done shows and I've messed up, I've been like, "No, no, no, we're just going to start this over." There's like I'm not going to if it gets so messed up, like and if it's before the first chorus, like, "No, we're just starting this over." <laughs> yeah. If you There's, screw it up, but if, yeah, if you if you if you fuck up in the last chorus, whatever, keep going. But if you met if you know early enough on, I, there's no reason to not start it over. I'd imagine. Yeah, I've I've forgotten a few verses here and there. What do you? I've, what's your <laughs> What's your go-to if you forget a verse? Uh, I don't know. It's and just kind of restart, um, like, and you can't like. It's just kind of a. Uh, uh, sometimes I'll I'll try and uh, just fool the audience if I can basically remember what. The kind of cadence of the of the verses. Okay. I'll just kind of I'll just say gibberish. Like I will just kind of like. Okay. I've done that before, just because because like it's one you don't realize you don't remember it until you get to the verse. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. like you the chorus ends and you bring up the mic and then you're like, oh shit, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying right now. Well, and so you just kind of make noise just to keep the song going. And so then the, the worst thing is when. It's in the middle of a verse, like you're halfway through your verse, you have eight bars left, and you mess up, because then you can't really just try, like, you can't really, you don't, in your head, you're not counting bars if you're trying to freestyle, or you're just doing gibberish, then you have to make sure you don't step on the chorus when it comes in, especially if you're rapping with someone, and then, like, if they're playing off you and you're in the wrong spot, you're like, oh, fuck, this yeah. is not going to end well. But then, you know, what ends up happening is then, you'll, you know, at the end of the show, a friend will be like, oh, man, you know, you're so good, and you're like, yeah, but we messed up on this song. I'm like, I didn't even notice. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice. And it's like, man, how much attention are you really paying? So you I didn't yeah, notice I that I was just mumbling. I think not that's saying what anything. possessed me to just like say gibberish if I forget it, because I always think like, well, these people, they don't. I mean, they're just going to assume that we're doing everything right. Well, that's that they might have, be the next. They have faith in our professionalism that if I just start going, they're like, man, this is a good verse. That might be the next move. That rub a dub verse that he did was. Killer. I mean, you were performing in a bathtub. <laughs> There's rubber duckies all around you. Rubber dip, dip, rubber dip, dip, dip. It's so, just my go-to gibberish verse. So we've talked about rap. When you do rock music, <laughs> which you do, you do, you play drums. You and I do. You and Chad are the, the taste. Play drums. So how much is it? Is it a different feel? Because I've only done rap music. How different is the feeling of doing? Drums or guitar or singing as opposed to rapping. Um, like, do you, do you, are you not as concerned about your image? It's totally different. Because I'd imagine so, the big thing would be like you don't really think about what you look like when you're doing it. Yeah, you're less conscious. I mean, and that's a good or one, bad it's way. Like if if I'm playing, because the drums, I mean, drums are pretty easy. Just I've been doing it for a long time. Um, like once, if you know how to play drums, it's kind of like you you just play drums. drums. Like it's, yeah. it's not hard. If you can do it, it's not that hard. 
unless you want it to be. <laughs> but uh, like I've done shows where I like singing and playing guitar at the same time is very difficult. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that until they do it, and it's really hard. And so. It's like you're just concentrating on trying to get the song out when you're up on stage. Whereas, like, during a hip-hop show, I kind of, like, it It seems easier to do just because you don't have to play any instruments. Like, you can concentrate on, like, what you're doing, the movements you're making, the position. Like, you just have to concentrate on performing. Well, and yeah, and since you're moving around, and if you know, and if you know your, your, your lyrics and stuff... You could kind of do really weird, interesting things. Like, yeah, you can like go into the crowd and like drink someone's beer. You can like put yeah. on sunglasses. Or you can like take your phone out and sit in a chair if you wanted to. <laughs> you could do all those things. Like, if you, as long as you know what you're doing, it's kind of like muscle memory. Yeah, and that's what I always try to do. Is I, I before a show, I want to memorize everything well enough so that I don't have to think about doing it. Because I was like every show we did. Except for the few verses that I'd mentioned those couple times. Because usually I, I wouldn't forget. Because, like, when you've done it so many times, you don't have to think about it at all. Like, the words just come out. So then you can concentrate on, yeah, whatever, the, who you're fucking with in the audience or what you're throwing or standing on or rolling around. One of my favorite things about doing rap shows, especially if you do, like, a long 30-minute set, 40-minute set, whatever... You when you the feeling you have at the end of it, like you you literally feel high, because you've been. I don't think people realize how much speaking you're doing when you're rapping. Yeah, like you're really saying a lot of stuff. There's a lot of words coming out. Yeah, you get like your energy's really high. You're like getting dehydrated. You're jumping around. You're working up a sweat. Your heart rate's going. Then you start like feeling this. You know, when you're done and you've done a good a good job at the show, you you feel high. And it's like, I don't know if it's just like the amount of oxygen, it's that your brain is different. Like some kind of like well, yeah, self-imposed, sure, like... like hyperventilation kind of thing. But like, that's a thing that's one of my, it's like a really one in a, one in a lifetime kind of experience. Like that feeling of being like, whoa. Yeah. Something, of course, something different is feeling it. It's always, you, you feel more high if there's an audience enjoying the show. If, if there's no one there that it's, you don't feel as high. Have you, done a show? Show. <laughs> have, you, have you done a show where there's been like four people there? Uh, yeah, we've done shows where there's just like you, not really anyone there. Do you buy into yeah. that idea of like I don't care if there's a million people or one person, you get, you got to do the same show. You got to use all your passion. You got to go for it every time. Like on yeah, on paper, I'm into that. I mean, but yeah, I just feel like there's no but way. I, I still don't like if if there's less people there. If the people aren't into it. I'm less likely to half-ass it because, like, I okay. want... It's like if people aren't responding or people are acting bored, I'm more likely to do something to engage them. I'm okay. more likely to do something bizarre just to try and get them to snap out of it. To, like, win them over. Okay. Yeah, because then, like, if there's people there that are, like, just digging it and they're already on board, you don't... Like, you can just kind of dance around and do the songs and they love it. But, like, I remember, like, doing show at Tiger Bar where you're playing for like a table of retirees who don't know who the hell you are and it's like I'm more likely to do something weird on stage just because I want them to you know take notice and say whoa look at this kid okay what's the weirdest thing you've done on stage and then I'll tell you my weirdest thing I've done on stage uh I don't know I mean gosh because then I'm thinking of like there's taste shows that we've done there's 
I mean, there was like the drum solo days when I'd have to do drum solos, and there was like when I'd get up and walk around the drum set playing okay. the drums. I did that. There was, or there was when the drum broke, and then oh. the lead singer leapt into the drum set. Was that a taste awesome. show? Yeah, that was a taste show. Chad did that. No, uh, Joel, our Joel. singer. Oh, okay. Did it? That I was. I've only yeah. seen you guys, just you and Chad, doing it. Because the taste, like we've done taste shows where um, Joel, he somebody gave him a bouquet of flowers, okay, and he stuck it in his pants and then lit them on fire. So That's he had incredible. a flaming bouquet of flowers sticking out of his pants. Okay, so that was that was a good spectacle. I'm, I'm gonna have to copy that. I'm trying to think of thug. I mean, thugged shows just like there's a lot of you know there's getting in the audience, there's drinking people's drinks, there's. So there wasn't any like there's, there's never like a big of stages falling off the, on purpose. Um, it's starting on purpose. Okay. You know, sometimes you'll <laughs> you'll jump off a stage not realizing the how high the distance <laughs> it is. It's one floor. thing to jump off a stage you don't know how high it is. It's another when you don't know how low it is. Like when you want to jump and it's like, oh, this is only like a foot. Like I really went for it and I took a, a step. Is really what happened. <laughs> like that's that's happened to me before. Craziest thing I ever did on stage. Me and Jessen were doing Hoyt Latte shows, and we thought it'd be really cool if at the end of every one of our shows, we'd each have something written on our chests, and we'd rip our shirts off, and it would say some ridiculous thing, like, you know, it would say, like, uh, Regis Philbin. So like, it's just the very end of our song, it would sound like nothing to do with Regis, we'd just rip our shirts <laughs> off, and mine would say Regis, as it would say Philbin, would be like, yeah, Regis Philbin, or, you know, like, uh, buy one, get one, like, stuff like that, with just any kind of random two-word thing or two-phrase thing. So we thought that, like, the most perfect thing we could do would have it say brute force. Because, like, you know, we're not really in good shape, but it'd be kind of funny to just, like, have that on our stomachs and stuff. So before we do the show, I, like, we're standing there in the bathroom. We don't want anyone to see. We're wearing wife beaters because we're going to perform in wife beaters and rip the wife beaters off. (laughs) So, like, I'm writing on his stomach, brute. Yeah, I'm writing on his stomach, brute. He writes on my stomach, force. We put these wife beaters on. We're performing. We're, no, we're getting to the last song. We've, we've practiced this and everything. That's how stupid we are. And so we get to the last song. We take our, you know, we're in our wife beaters. And so we, the song finishes and we drop the mics and we each go to rip our wife beaters off. But they're brand new and there's no cut in them, so we can't rip them <laughs> off. So we're just like, the song's over. There's no music. We're struggling to rip these things off of us. And then we finally do. Like, he falls over, ripping it off. And then we stand there, we're posing. And then this girl yells at, Yeah, force brute. We look and we realize we're standing on the other sides of each other. So it doesn't even say brute force. I think that was probably the craziest thing. That's really, that would be confusing. Oh my God. in the audience see it was like, force brute. <laughs> Because brute. and then and we spent so much time working on it. We never we never did it again after that. But we it was one of those things. We liked the idea so much. We had a whole list of things we were gonna have it say like Bill Clinton was gonna be one of them. We had all this, and then we, we finally did it. We couldn't rip the shirts, and it says Force Brute, and it was Force like, Brute. Such a deflating feeling. But at the same time, a, I, don't, I don't mind laughing at myself like that. I remember Thuggage did a show for Corva- the Corvallis. Uh, 
Oregon State University TV station. Okay. They would film local bands. They have the show Locals Live. They'd film like, oh, today in the studio. And it was all like these really square kids, you know, just living from the AV department. Like, they got a couch and like some plants and stuff. And they're like, today we have Fuggage gonna bring their hip hop to our studio. Let's rock it and roll it, guys, you know. Oh, jeez. And they had cameras and they were like filming us and, uh, it was, I mean, that alone was weird. And Dan Bacon was playing drums. We had Dan <laughs> okay. Bacon playing drums. And like halfway through the show, what happened? I, for some reason, the the beats stopped working. Like the laptop wasn't, okay, like the, the music was not coming through. So there was just silence. Okay. And, and they're filming us. Oh, no. And uh, we knew there was a producer. And I think I started asking at one point, it's like, you know, can can you do anything? Like, can we can we cut for a second to to fix this? Can we can we just like we're having technical difficulties? They didn't stop filming. They just kept filming us standing there awkwardly. Oh, Emerson nice. is like just sitting, not knowing what to do. I'm like going to the cameras, just like, can you guys do anything? Can anyone here help us? And like <laughs> nothing. Okay. No, nobody did anything. I think Emerson he had one of those keyboards with like the built-in. Like rhythms, so he just like played one of the pre-programmed, like little you know Elton John song, and uh, we wrapped that. Um, We ended up ending that show with me faking being shot, which was weird. Okay, so we had this song, uh, some fellow that ends with a gunshot, and I like acted like I'd been struck. Okay, and fell to the ground. I hope the cameras and, kept uh, rolling. And they did. They just that. they yeah. didn't cut at all. In fact, they just they filmed me lying there for like fifteen seconds. Is there a video? Because of this, I, that you this have video, something? this video is still online. I think, to okay. my knowledge, well, this that, bizarre performance. Well, I'm gonna have to watch that. And uh, and yeah, and then I I just stand up awkwardly. I'm like, I'm not really dead. <laughs> uh, that was that was just part of the show. And then I like left the stage because we didn't know we did like they weren't really giving us any direction they just stood there filming us just would not stop and so it was like well, the show's over like end but uh that was a really bizarre that's yeah, college radio really weird acts. yeah all right so we've been talking for about 50 minutes now 50 minutes and so we start the show with a song i like to hear we're gonna end a song that you want to hear so you can, any song don't think about it just say Say a song, and that's the song we're going to play. It'll probably come in about now. Um, play, uh... Play, uh... Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Ooh, Paul Simon. good pick. Good pick. Just throw that out there. Interesting story. I was at the I was at Norm's Garden one time, like Jesus, fifteen years ago. And so this or I'm sitting at the table and I'm, you know, being an idiot, you know, some girl sitting at the table and she goes, Hey, what's your name? And I just listened to that song. You can call me Al <laughs> And she's like, Oh hi Al <laughs> and that was, you know, that was like, that was my big Paul Simon. And that did not end well. No, that, did that, not. That is good straight. No. Paul Simon in Annie Hall. Uh, Mr. Mr. Cospoby, where can the listeners hear your music, see your music, do, give, give some promotion for yourself? Oh, uh, well, on the Facebook, uh, the, my solo uh, hip-hop uh, thing the hooded fang. hooded fang there's a facebook page for the hooded fang with links to uh videos and songs um 
Cospoby is on, uh, there's a band camp for Cospoby. There's a SoundCloud page for Cospoby. Uh, C-A-W-S-P-O-B-I. Googleable. Googleable Poby. Yeah. All right, well, there you have it. This has been episode four of No Staring in My Headphones with Cos Poby. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you, Cos, for being my hey, guest. Thanks, Jordan. It's been a blast. It has been a blast. All right, let's let's tell Rob you spilled coffee on his table. Oh, yeah. Tell us this. Have a good one, everybody.